0: In today's show, we're looking ahead to the Las Vegas Summer League. Players and teams that we're watching, I'm going to rank them from 30 through to 1. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily fantasy basketball podcast. At Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So, we're here. Yes, Sacramento slash, sorry, the California Classic Summer League has been and, and come and gone. The Utah Summer League is currently on at the moment. And while I'm recording this, it's Chad Holmgren's second game. So, I'm not going to talk about that one. But Las Vegas starts tomorrow. And all 30 NBA teams are going to be present. So what I'm going to go through is go through who I think, or well, what's the order of teams that I'm going to be watching and the players of interest on in those teams, starting at the least interesting team all the way up to the most interesting team and where fantasy value can be found and what we need to be paying attention to for those teams. We've got 30 teams to talk about, so I can't waste too much time. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. The worst team to watch is going to be the Utah Jazz. Remember that when you look at Chet Holmgren's game from yesterday, which was bloody impressive, but the Jazz team is is terrible. Like, it's just, there's no one who's really got any shot of having fantasy impact. There's Jared Butler, who is an interesting player, and could be someone, if they do move on from Don Mitchell at all, he could find his way into the rotation this year. I like Butler, but that's about it. I don't, I want to see him dominate on this squad. we got Johnny Jujang out there as well. Bruno Caboclo's on this team. There's Kofi Coburn as well, which yeah, sure, like that's not that interesting to me. There's not really that much to get excited about with this Jazz team. They turned out a pretty boring summer league team. Um and it's just if Butler can dominate, then maybe maybe I get a little bit more interested. But there's not a lot there with that squad. There's also not a lot with the Phoenix Suns, except old mate Olivier Saar's there. It's Levi Osa. Not Levi Okay, fair enough. Um he's there. He had some big moments for the Thunder last season. The Suns, we still don't know what's going on. Is Durant going there? Who knows? What the hell is happening with DeAndre Ayton? Not saying that we need to be caring too much about Olivier Saar or Louis King or McKinley Wright, guys who were on NBA rosters last season, but they're there. There's Vrenz Blyenberg as well, who I thought was weird that he didn't get drafted last season. He's having another crack at things. He's an interesting-ish sort of player. There's a bunch of players from the NBL on Phoenix's roster, Um, and I wish I could remember them off the top of my head, but I'm going to bring them up right now to tell you who they are. For those of you in Australia uh, who care about that sort of thing, there's Joe Loyal Asil Jr. I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name, sorry, Duop Riath and Dejan Vasiljevic, who are from the um, uh, NBL, who are on the Suns roster, but it's not one that's going to have an impact really for fantasy, nor is the Boston Celtics. There's some interesting names. Probably the number one guy I want to watch there is Trevion Williams. He's not on their regular roster yet. I think they should give him a go. He's a very interesting passing big man, but is there any hope of him being able to defend at all? I guess that's what we're going to find out. They've got J.D. Davis and Sam Hauser, who's on their main roster. Uh, Fiondo Cabangeli, who we've seen a couple of times for a few teams across the NBA, struggled a little bit. And then Juha Bagaran, who they drafted last season. They've only got, I think... Which two-way guys? I don't even know if they've got a two-way guy on their roster at the moment. So Trivion will be someone to watch to see whether he can push into that role. But these are guys who are not going to have much of an impact. These first few teams, they're pretty boring. And if they they come up and there are other games on, watch the other ones. Chicago. The only thing of interest to me really there is Dalen Terry, who I don't think is going to play a large role. Remember, there is. Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, Kobe White, Aya Sunmu. Um, Gyron Dragic. All these guys are there. Is Terry going to play backup small forward behind DeRozan? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think he's having any impact this season. There's also Justin Lewis on a two-way, who's a good wing-sized player and probably should have been drafted. That's an interesting player. There's Marko Simonovic, who I think is not very good. And there's Makur Makur, who, yeah, another Aussie guy. Um, Again, I don't expect that guy to have too much of an impact, but they're a pretty boring team. Got the Miami Heat at number 26. Nikola Jovic is really the only... Int- well, that's not true. He's one of the most interesting guys. He had two stinkers in the California Classic and then one really good game. I don't expect him to be a rotation player much this season at all uh, or not to be even a fantasy asset. The other guy to watch is Omar Yetseven. Can he dominate? after putting up some good numbers in the NBA last season, he should really tear up Summer League. And I don't expect him to play too much, but he's got to take that backup center spot away from the undertaker, Dwayne Dedman. They've also got Michael Mulder and Javonte Smart, who are both two-way contract players for the Heat. So seeing what they can do. And Jamari Boye and Haywood Highsmith. Highsmith's on the roster. Boye is not, but an interesting guy. But there's some players to watch on that team. They're just not guys who are particularly high caliber or high upside guys, I don't think. Maybe Jovic is an upside guy. Let's look at the Bucks. A few names that are interesting here. Marjan Beauchamp, who I think has a chance at maybe cracking the rotation. There's Grayson Allen or Wes Matthews ahead of him, but he's going to be battling, say, a Jordan Nwora for some of those backup minutes, especially if they need a defender. So watching how can he get the shot to fall, that's what we want to see. What can he do with the ball in his hands? There's Hugo Besson, who they drafted towards the end of the draft. is an interesting point guard. He won't play much this year. AJ Green's on a two-way for them. Yes, not the AJ Green from the Bengals. AJ Green, another guy who I'm not really sure of that decision from them. There's Sandro Mamakalashvili, who is a good rebounder and played a little bit last season. But let's see, can he be too good for summer league? And Iverson Molinar, who, did they sign him to a two-way or is it just a summer league deal? I think it might have just been a summer league deal for him. Um, Someone who had a chance of being drafted, but in the end was not. Minnesota, there's not many interesting players there, but the ones that are there are interesting. And we know that they've lost a lot of depth with the trade for Rudy Gobert. There's Josh Minot, who basically is Jared Vanderbilt-ish, I guess. Yeah, that's sort of the, the mold it is, and Vanderbilt's not there anymore. Not that he's going to start, because Towns is going to start, obviously. He might probably won't even be in the rotation, with Prince and Anderson playing back up as well. But watching, can he do anything with the ball in his hands? Can he show anything offensively? There's Matteo Spagnolo, who I don't expect to be on the roster, but a really good shooting guard from Italy. Pick 50. I like him as a, as a prospect in a couple of years' time. And then there's Wendell Moore Jr., who could have an opportunity, I guess, with McDaniels probably playing the three, and Prince and Anderson, then Noel playing the two. He might not have a clear, clear path at this point, but a guy who's an older rookie, who is a yeah, similar sort of profile, I guess, to Kyle Anderson, but probably a better shooter, but a good passer, solid defender on the wing. So he's someone to watch on this team and should really be able to have some pretty big performances, I would guess. But these aren't going to be fantasy impactful. Toronto's got a lot of names that we need to look at. DJ Wilson's on that roster. Remember him from the Bucks? Delano Banton, Armani Brooks, Justin Champagne. These are all guys who were um, on the roster last season. Banton had a little flash earlier in the season. An interesting like 6'9 point guard who's not a great scorer, but you know, he's him. And Brooks really should be dominating this team. There's Ron Harper Jr., a two-way guy they've got this season, who, again, is an older rookie. He could play his way into some rotation minutes this season. It's not going to be fantasy relevant. The one that is, is Christian Coloco. Now, he still has to battle through Siakam, Birch, Achua, Boucher, Young. I'm sure there's someone else I'm missing there. for minutes. But if he can show uh, some shooting, if he can show some dominating defense, then that really does go a long way to saying, ah, oh, interesting. Let's see what they do with him, how much they force feed him in. because that's something else to watch. Not only is it the performance, it's what the teams get the players to do. Like, what are they getting these guys to do? And does that make sense for the regular season roster? There's also Rodion's kurox on here, which it's notable to me because I don't know why they would give him this opportunity after his, um he pled guilty to a domestic violence charge. And he should not be on a roster. So there are plenty of other guys they could have got here. Not like I thought, Kuroks was solid as a prospect, but you know, after that stuff, get him out of here. And I don't know why they've got him on their roster. So that's yeah, that's not good. Simple as that. The 22nd team on my list is the Lakers. Max Christie looks like he can be an OK defender. We still haven't seen anything offensively from him, but given you know, where he fits on that team, could he play a Stanley Johnson type role? Could he overtake Stanley Johnson? I guess it's possible. Could he take minutes away from Lonnie Walker, who can't really defend at all? I've, he's, in the defense from Christie's been impressive. I've also been impressed with Scottie Pippen Jr., who I think should get at least a shot at some rotation minutes. He's a point guard. He's a little bit older. He's on a two-way for them. But watching Christian Pippen is interesting. Cole Swider, a two-way guy as well. Jay Huff and Paris Bass are some of the other names. Huff, maybe, but... Now, I didn't talk about it. Maybe it's a good time to talk about it now. Thomas the Tank. The Tank, Tom Bryant. He signed with the Lakers, allegedly to compete for the starting center spot. So that means they're going to do the dumb shit again and play Anthony Davis at Powerfoot. But the only thing I'll say about that is, is that Bryant can shoot at least. So it does help with spacing there. Now, defensively, he's not very good. And if that means, like... You're going to have to put him on the perimeter so Davis can get closer to the rim. I don't know. It's a bad pairing defensively. Offensively, I think it works okay. But there's Damian Jones in there as well. So they've signed two centers just to completely placate Anthony Davis and make their team worse. So shout out to the Lakers for continually doing the incorrect thing in terms of roster building. We always love that we can rely upon them to screw that sort of stuff up. But we can also rely upon rockauto.com to provide parts for your car at a cheap price. That's what they do. You wouldn't want to go to a local chain auto parts store. That sounds dreadful. You got to go there, line up, talk to the bloke behind the counter, and then all the while, he's stealing money from you by charging 30, 50, 70, 100% more for the same parts. Get out of here. Rock Auto is a family business online serving customers for over 20 years. Whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, or even new carpet, Rock Auto has everything that you would need for your car or truck. So go to rockauto.com. You find all those parts available for your car, whether you've got a Honda Odyssey or a a Range Rover, or you've got a BMW, or you've got a Dodge something. I don't know. They've got parts for all those cars. So go to rockauto.com and find all of the parts available for your car or truck. And in there, how did you hear about us? Box right locked on so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Let's go to the Clippers coming in at number 21. Jason Preston, we didn't see it all last season, broke his foot. So, yes, John Wall and Reggie Jackson are ahead of him in the rotation, but for future years, John Wall and Reggie Jackson aren't those guys. Preston's someone to watch, as is BJ Boston, who I thought was really good last season. So, the Clippers are at 21 on the strength of Boston and Preston alone. In fact, that gives me a chance to do this. Preston, I like that guy. Preston! Yeah, Preston. Um, They've also got Musa Diabete, Xavier M. Un, and Michael DeVoe as another point guard option. So, a few interesting players there. Now, this might seem weird that I've got the Sacramento Kings at number 20. Keegan Murray is absolutely someone to watch. We've seen a bit of him already. He's played three or four games already, so I'm not sure how much we'll see of him at Vegas. He played in the California Classic. He might only play one or two games at Vegas. And the rest of their roster is rough. There's Keon Ellis as a two-way guy. There's Namias Keita as a guy they drafted last season, who I'm not sure is an NBA player. And there's Frankie Ferrari because he's got a cool name. So if Murray's not there, it's pretty rough. Murray's had two big games and one bad game. And he looks pretty strong. I think he's, he's got a really good fantasy game. Um, How he fits next to Sabonis and Fox and Mitchell and Barnes, and we still don't know that. But he's going to be a draftable fantasy guy, I think, towards the end of drafts. But the reason I've got them down at 20 is I just don't know how much he plays considering how much we've seen of him already. The New York Knickerbockers. Some rosterable names here. Well, not rosterable. Guys on their rosters, is what I meant to say. Trevor Keels. What can he do? But the two guys I'm really keen on, Juice McBride and Quentin Grimes. Now, Grimes has a legitimate chance to start if Tom Thibodeau... <laughs> if Tom Thibodeau has the balls to bench Evan Fournier. He almost definitely won't. But if he does, you could see a Grimes and Brunson backcourt. Obviously, that doesn't particularly help their shooting and spacing, but who knows? And then there's McBride, who is going to be behind quickly, going to be behind Rose, going to be behind Brunson, going to be behind Fournier, going to be behind Grimes. Uh, McBri- uh, Grimes. Yeah, I'm talking about McBride here. But I really like Juice McBride. Just seeing if McBride and Grimes can dominate this. As Same with Jericho Sims, who is not going to play much but there is real good upside. The other guy to see is Jean Montero. Now, the problem here is, is Keels, McBride, Grimes, Montero, they're all guards. Yeah, and, and Jean are both point guards, whereas Grimes and Keels are more two guards. But I want to see Montero, who I thought should have been drafted, fell out of the, the draft completely. He's undrafted, not even on a two-way, but go out there. And if he shows a lot, then I've got him really high in my dynasty ranks. I, I really think there's something there with him. Um, But he needs to show me here. So we want to really focus in on Montero. What is he showing us here at uh, Vegas Summer League? The Denver Nuggets. Some names there. Jonte Porter's back. Michael's brother. A guy who's got really interesting fantasy numbers but can't stay healthy. I don't really think that changes, but we'll see. There's Christian Brown and Peyton Watson. They're two first-round picks. Um, I don't expect Watson to play at all this season. Brown could. 6-7 wing. Maybe fill in some of the Will Barton minutes that KCP is going to have some of. But he could crack the rotation ahead of like a Davon Reed or an Austin Rivers. Uh, Ishmael Kamagata, who I don't expect to play on the roster this season, but an interesting big man. There's also Colin Gillespie and Adonis Arms. Gillespie signed to a two-way as a solid, probably third-string point guard on this team behind Ish Smith. But an older guy, solid guy, stable point guard. Maybe he could overtake Ish at some point. So there's definitely names here with Gillespie, Watson, and Brown, who are all going to be on the roster this season. The Cleveland Cavaliers, there's Oshay Agbaji, absolutely the number one player to watch here. Can he challenge Isaac Okoro for the starting spot? And if he does, would he be fantasy draftable? Probably not, but people will draft him. He's not got the greatest fantasy game, but there is an opportunity. Now, depending on what happens with Sexton, there's still Okoro, there's Rubio. It's going to be tough, but let's see. Can he go out there? He should be able to blow up somewhere. He can really, really dominate. And if he doesn't, then we get a little bit of a concern. A little bit. Isaiah Mobley and Luke Travers, two of their second-round picks. I don't believe Khalifa Diop is on the roster. Um, I don't think Travers is going to have any impact, while Mobley I don't think is going to play either. There's also Jamorco Pickett, who showed a few little things for the Pistons last season. So can he work his way into a a roster spot? And Aaron Henry, who was like a top 40 second-round pick um, two years ago out of Michigan State, I think by Philadelphia, and just completely washed out. He's got wing size. He's got good defensive ability. Can he... Yeah, they need that sort of player. So can Aaron Henry go go out there and blow it up? That's something to watch. Number 16, I've got the Wizards. There's Cobra Kai, John Davis. I know that he did handle the ball a lot at Wisconsin and a lot of sites are labeling him as a point guard. There are are a lot of people telling me that he's going to get a lot of point guard duties for the Wizards and I, I couldn't think that that is more incorrect, to be honest. But do they put the ball in his hands here at Summer League? And does it work? That is something to watch. I don't think he's going to play point guard at all, but that's something to watch. There's also Isaiah Todd, who they picked pretty early last season and didn't do much. Jordan Shackle on a two-way deal. Devon Dotson out of Kansas, who was with the Bulls. Um, smaller point guard, but you know, not out of the realms of possibility that he can work his way onto the roster. And then Vernon Carey Jr., who's been just a spud, really, across the first two seasons in the NBA. And I don't really think he's going to play too much behind Porzingis and behind Gafford. But... If he doesn't dominate here, then he's in real strife of having an NBA career, I think. And number 15, I've got the Atlanta Hawks. It's AJ Griffin, really. This is what's carrying all of this. Him and um, Sharif Cooper. What's my theme music? Ooh, okay. I think Cooper, who I don't think he's even under contract at the moment, but they've got his restricted rights. They should bring him back. He's got a real shot to be yeah uh, pushing for the backup point guard role, but he needs to really tear it apart here. He needs to show good shooting. Griffin, I need to see what he can do with the ball in his hands and some defensive ability. There's also Alpha Carver, who's an interesting... He was a Hawks pick ages ago, second-round guy. Tyrese Martin and Sean D. Brown, who's a two-way guy. But it's really, to me, Cooper and Griffin, who are driving the watchability of the Atlanta Hawks. I've got Brooklyn pretty high here at number 14, because as you saw two days ago when I did the analytics guys who were maybe underrated, Dayron Sharp came up pretty high. There is Nick Claxton on this team, but that... Is Nick Claxton that that good where you just pencil him in as the future franchise starting center? I don't think so. So can Sharp go out here and dominate? That is what we want to watch. Also, Cam Thomas, who we, we know can score. But my problem with Cam Thomas is can he do literally anything else? Can he pass? Can he defend? Can he move? Does he just need the ball and tons of usage? Now, he's probably going to be in a spot where all he does is score and have usage. That's it. And that doesn't really tell me a lot. But if I start to see different things from i mean, defending, running pick and roll, setting guys up, playing as a point guard, then I get more interested in him. Otherwise, he's just a real empty scorer. There's Londes Williams, who's a two-way guy. Kessel Edwards, who is an unrestricted free agent, but he's on their summer league team. Teams should be looking to grab him. So if Edwards starts dominating, and I think he's got a real chance to put up numbers, watch to see if any team grabs him. Because remember we saw this a few years ago with Terence Davis, who I think was on the Nets team, and the Raptors said, thanks, we'll have you. And they just took him. That could happen here with Edwards. And then um, David Duke, who we saw some moments from last season. What should I change? He's the one who sucks. Um, he's on this two. Uh, uh, it was on a two-way deal, I think. I don't think he's still under contract, but he's uh, on this team at the moment. Portland, they're up this high really because of Shaden Sharp. We haven't seen Shaden Sharp play ever. Now's the time. I don't think Sharp's going to have a fantasy impact this season, but there's huge dynasty ramifications. Keon Johnson, he needs to really show out. For me to believe there's an NBA future there. Um, Trenton Watford, we know what he did at the end of last season. He won't have that chance this season. Greg Brown, he needs to battle Watford to get ahead of him in the rotation. Luka is on this team. I do not think Luka is an NBA rotation player. I'm not sure any performance here will convince me otherwise, but he's here. And Jabari Walker, who was their late second-round pick, is on this roster as well. Number 12. Now, it's pretty low. It's the Orlando Magic. Paulo Bancera, absolutely must watch. And I maybe I could have had him higher, but after him... I don't know, man. Like, RJ Hampton's there. Will he play one game? I'm really out on RJ as a prospect. He'd need to come out and almost drop 40 for me to get excited. I'm really out on him. And then the rest is pretty rough. Caleb Houston. Justin James, who was with the Kings, who's an interesting shooter. Maybe he could find a roster spot. Xavier Simpson. Simpson, eh? And Daniel Toro. Like, it's really Bunkero. And that's it. That's why I've got them down lower. At number 11... Not that I think that Jaden Hardy... I've got Dallas Mavericks here at 11. Not that I think Jaden Hardy is better than Polo Bancera, but I want to watch him more than I want to watch Bancera. I'm fairly confident in Bancera. I just don't know what to think with Hardy. They signed into a three-year deal, and he could go out, and if he absolutely dominates here, then I go, wow, that really changes the calculus. Could he find rotation minutes immediately? So I think there's more... Bancera, better player, better option, going to be a better fantasy guy, right? But in terms of watching Hardy... There's a massive opportunity for him to get a rotation role. Can he take it? The rest of this roster is rough. Jalen Lequeux, Mia One, Marcus Bingham, who's their two-way guy. But I really put them at 11 because I need to see what Jaden Hardy can do. So that's why he and the Mavericks are up at number 11. Built Bar's not at number 11. They're at number one for the best tasting protein bar ever. You know that. And they're always churning out the unbelievable flavors. A new one here. Coconut Brownie Chunk Puff. You probably tried the amazing Coconut Brownie Chunk built Bar, and now it's back in puff form. The Coconut Brownie Chunk Bilt Bar flavor, it's, it's one you love. It's covered in delicious chewy marshmallow, 100% real chocolate, a fluffy cloud of coconut brownie goodness, but you've got it here in puff form. Low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and all of it, is delicious like all of them. And all Bilt Bars are made with collagen protein, which is easily absorbed by your body. And the best part about Bilt Puffs, of course, they taste amazing, but you can enjoy them guilt-free. So they're actually good for you. They're the perfect treat, perfect when you got a craving, when you need to satisfy that sweet tooth as well. When you need a quick, healthy snack, they're an excellent source of protein. Delicious coconut, rich, rich sweet brownie, creamy marshmallow. Stop fantasizing. Get to Built.com to order your box of coconut brownie chunk Built Puffs right now. Go to Built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. The promo code is LOCKED15. Built Bar is built different. Let's go to the top 10. Number 10 is the Golden State Warriors. he going to play? Is James Wiseman actually going to play? I was not high on Wiseman as a prospect. He didn't do anything to to change my mind on that. But I'm not out on him completely. I think there's still a real buy-low dynasty opportunity here. I don't think he's going to come in and play 30 minutes a night this season. Maybe he plays 20 behind Looney. But it's one to watch. We absolutely want to see him out there and really kick an ass, really. When you look at Moldy Moldy Modi. Loses, Mody, loses, Mody, loses. Moses Moody. Opportunity for him as well. Gary Payton's gone. Yeah, he can. He needs to start to work into a rotation role. And John Kaminga with Otto Porter gone. These guys might have rotation roles this season. I think Kaminga is probably ahead of Moody at the moment. Even though I like Moody more long term personally, but that could easily change. But they need to go out there and dominate this. I want to see Patrick Baldwin, who was their first round pick. I don't expect much from him, but. Let's see, can we get the shot to fall as it didn't in college? Gui Santos, who looked great at the California Classic. I think he's probably more likely to sign a two-way or, or go to Spain for a year. And there's Lester, Lester Quinones, who is on a two-way deal, who I think's interesting, and wears the shorter shorts of all time. I love the short shorts. It's a great look. To me, playing sport in short shorts, it's so much, it's so much more free. It's got so much more agility. And Leicester, really buying in. So he's an interesting player to watch. For the Charlotte Hornets, they've got a very weird roster. Very weird. Because everyone I want to watch is basically a center. Mark Williams, Kai Jones, the God of Hammers. We know each other. He's a friend from work. JT Thor and Nick Richards. They're all big men. So how do they how do they put the pecking order there? Do they start Williams and Jones? Do they start Williams and Thor? How do they run that? That is going to be intriguing to see where they position these players. And there's also Bryce McGowan, who was the 40th pick, but they've signed to a two-way, which is weird. There's not going to be many opportunities for him this season. There's no James Booknight in this, by the way. I believe he's injured. Um, McGowan should be able to get some buckets here as a nice wing-sized player, but don't expect much from him. But we will see, or in the regular season, don't expect much. He's got an opportunity. But with Williams, Jones, McGowan, Thor, they're probably the main four guys, some interesting players. The Spurs yeah, could have easily had them a little bit higher on this list. They're at number eight. A lot of guys who are going to play rotation minutes. Malachi Branham, Josh Primo, Blake Wesley. They're all going to play rotation minutes. Uh, oh, maybe. Primo will definitely. Um, yeah, their roster is still in flux at the moment, but I imagine that Vassal and Calden Johnson are starting. Pirtle's starting. Trey Jones is starting. And then there's maybe two spots available or at least one spot available. And one, sorry, Vassell, Jones, um, Johnson, and Pirtle. So it'll probably be Primo that starts at the two. Josh Richardson's still on this roster. Other trades could happen, but I want to see Bran- uh, Branham, but in particular Primo. But the one thing to watch here with Primo, who I don't think is a point guard, but if they run him as a point guard, there is a gigantic opening at point guard where Trey Jones is probably going to start there, but maybe not. If they are running Primo exclusively as a point guard and he is having success at it, then his fantasy prospects for this season rise significantly because it means he gets more minutes and maybe even a starting spot at the one. I don't think he's there, but maybe. There's also um, Jeremy Sohan. Sohan, now! Could he start? Sohan, Johnson, Vassell, Jones, Pirtle. Could he take the extra spot? We love his defensive upside. I want to see the ball in his hands. I want to see him running some offense. I want to see some shooting. And then Jordan Hall. He's a very interesting player. They've got one of the most intriguing rosters. They're only at eight, because there are a lot of other teams who I'm intrigued with. And one of those teams is the Indiana Pacers. Chris Duarte's here. I don't expect much from him in terms of how many games he plays, but he's there. He should dominate. Isaiah Jackson. He should dominate. They've got... Um, the Red Rooster, Terry Taylor and Dwayne Washington, who had some moments last season. I don't think they're good long-term prospects, but they're there. In terms of the prospects, Benedict Mathurin. Mathurin is there. Mathurin. All right. I think he'll struggle a little bit at first, especially if Duarte is playing, because you know he won't have the ball as much, but we need to see how that progresses as the, as the competition goes along. The other guy to watch is Kendall Brown, who was a late pick, who just showed no offensive really burst at all. He was maybe a top 10 pick before the season and fell to 48. Let's see if he can gain some of that traction back. And then the other guy from the G League Ignite, Fenbo Zheng. Interesting shooting type player. There's a lot of guys here who could find themselves on the regular season roster. Same with the New Orleans Pelicans. Yes, there is the Dustbuster Dyson Daniels out there. Najee Marshall's on this roster. Jose Alvarado and Trey Murphy. Now I don't expect Alvarado or Murphy to play more than a game, but they're both there. Alvarado has a has a real he should he should kill it here and has a chance to just completely unseat Devonte Graham from his role and go the reserve role with Alvarado and Daniels. Trey Murphy should kill it. I, I really still like Trey Murphy and dynasty stock for him is low. I think he's got a real opportunity to kill it. EJ Liddell, I think you' there's still some guys ahead of him. But someone to watch. Darian Seabron on a two-way. Watch for him later in the tournament when they stop playing Marshall and Murphy and Alvarado. Um, Johnny Butler is on here as well. Super skinny, but some definite upside. Let's see what he's able to... Not that he's going to have an impact even on a, a real roster this, at this point, but a lot of guys there who are very, very intriguing. Number five, Memphis. Kenny Lofton Jr. on a two-way. Putting up some numbers today in the game against the Thunder. Jake LaRavia... The player I'm most interested in is Zaire Williams. Will he just take all of D'Anthony Melton's minutes? They're running him as a point guard a lot in Summer League. They did that with Desmond Bain last season. Not saying that he's taking over or starting or anything, but Dylan Brooks, maybe. Morant, Williams, Bain, maybe. That's the future there. And with Melton gone, Tyus is still around, but Zaire as a point guard or as a ball handler, that's to watch. Kennedy Chandler, I thought, also looked really good in Game 1. There is um, Rowdy David Roddy. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I don't think that Roddy is going to be a majorly interesting guy this season. But I don't know why he was picked so high, but let's see what we can get. Santi Aldama's on this team. Xavier Tillman's on this team, who should not be. There's also Vince Williams Jr., there's Tremont Waters. There are so EJ EJ Onu's on this team. There are so many interesting players. Philadelphia. They don't have high-level draft picks, but so many interesting guys. Paul Reed absolutely killed it in the first Summer League game at Utah. He's too good for this level. I think he should be a regular rotation player. I think Charles Bassey got old Goldfinger himself. He should be... Honestly, he should be competing for that backup center spot. In fact, I think him and Reed are going to have that role this season. I really, really like both Reed and Bassey long term. Jaden Springer looked great in the first game, and Isaiah Joe. That's some really interesting guard depth. I'd say Shake Milton's in real trouble if those guys can step it up. Then there's the, the guys from this season Michael Foster and Trevelyan Queen, who was the G League MVP last season. And also Philip Petrusev, who they drafted last season around the same area as Bassey, another big man. So they're sort of auditioning Petrusev, Reed, Bassey. Can any of those, can Petrosev get into the rotation? Probably not. Bassi and Reed got to be ahead. But some guys like Reed and Bassi in particular who are going to have roles this season, I would say. Number three is the Houston Rockets. Obviously, Jabari Smith. But Josh Christopher, I loved what I saw from him last season. There's Usman Garuba. There's Ty Ty Washington, Tari Eason, Dacian Nix. And there's Trevor Hudgens, who's just a really big, big level scorer. Small guy, big level scorer. He's on a two way. Yeah, we. I want to see Taitai work with Christopher and Jabari. I really think Taitai's got starting point guard upside. Upside. I want to see Jabari do something that involves him elevating his usage, which is part of the reason I was a little bit sour on him in the draft. I want to see Christopher you know, tear it up defensively and handle the ball a bit. I want to see Garuba. I don't think he's got anything offensively. I don't think he's going to be the backup center, but let's see how the, good that offense looks. Number two, there's only two teams left. Number two is the Oklahoma City Thunder. Only because we already saw Chet Holmgren dominate yesterday. I think that Chet Holmgren is going to be a top 40 fantasy player this season. I don't know if I'd draft in there. There is the risk of Thunder shenanigans. But as I will continually say, please do not play fantasy in April. Please end it like with at least 10 days to go in March. Well, I'll get you the exact date that I want to end it at some point. And I think that marginalizes the risk. I think Chet's going to be an absolute monster. You know I had him number one all through the draft process. He was number one in my top tier with Paolo at number one in my um, dynasty rookie ranks. And game one would tell you that same stuff. Now, game two, I'm just looking at the current box score there. It's not quite as good, but he's at 11-11 with two blocks in 22 minutes. It's still pretty good. The shot just wasn't there. All right, he's awesome. Jalen Williams has looked great so far. 16 points again in here, game two. Jalen Williams, Pig Williams, Hasn't been quite as good, so we want to watch him. Usman Jeng as well. Um, do they put the ball in his hands at all and let him run pick and roll? Is he just going to be a spot-up guy? If he's running pick and roll, that's interesting. If he's spotting up, I'm not that keen. Josh Giddey dominated game one. I, I, I'm not sure that he plays again. Aaron Wiggins is on this roster. I'm not sure we see him. Alexei Pokhyshevsky. I I'm, I'm don't think they're going to go into the season and start Chet and Poku together. I think... Poku is not going to be a draftable player, but he's one to watch. And then Trey Mann, who's out at the moment with COVID protocols, but we should see him in Vegas. Can he elevate as well? Not that there's a huge role available, but we're really watching Chet. And we're really watching Jalen Williams. Um, that's the, the, the missile. Can Jalen Williams beat out guys like Mann and Jeng for rotation minutes? And so far, you'd say he, he's, he's right there. My number one team to watch is the Detroit Pearsons because their roster is just ridiculously stacked. Now, I don't know how much these guys are going to play, but Cade Cunningham, the depressed penis Sadiq Bey, and Alf Stewart are all on this roster. Are they going to play a game two? I don't know. Killian Hayes is here. Jaden Ivey is here. Jalen Duran is eventually going to be here when they uh, officially do the trade. Isaiah Livers is here. Livers is one to watch. Right, I think that we look at Cade as a starter, Bay as a starter. Right? Those two guys are going to start. The rest of the lineup, I don't know. Will they? I've seen Pistons people talking on forums that Duran's going to play in the G League so they can start Stewart, Olenek, and Noel. Which, and all Bagley's going to start, which again is just insanity at the absolute highest level. Absolute highest. I, if I was them, you know what I'd be doing? I'd throw Isaiah Livers out there. He can shoot. Livers... Bay, there you three, four. Cunningham, Ivy, there you one, two. And I just chuck Duran in at centre and see what happens. At least some point this season. But we are going to get opportunities to see Ivy, Duran, Cunningham, Bay, Hayes, Stewart, Livers on this roster. There are so many interesting players. I don't expect Cade to play a lot, but watching the Cade Ivy dynamic will be interesting. Can Bay do anything to make me think that he's going to be as good as some people think? Yeah, I'm not sure. Just Stewart, we need to watch him shooting. If he's out there bombing threes, then they are meaning for him to play at power forward. And that is clearly a better option than, than uh, Marvin Bagley. So a stewart Duran combination, if they start that, that is really intriguing. And watching what they do with livers. That is the most intriguing roster I reckon I've ever seen at Summer League. And that will do it for me. What's your number one team? Who are you most looking forward to? What team are you most looking forward to watch? And what players are you most looking forward to watch? You can drop them in the comments, but follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app here on YouTube. Thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.